Welcome to Smart Career Planning. I'm your host, Helen Chow. This is our fifth episode. And if all goes well, this should be our second episode of a five-series podcast titled, What Are You Looking For? And I'm really excited to have a guest on our show today. Her name is Amanda Walk. She is about a, she has about a decade of experience in recruitment, and recently she leverages she leveraged her recruitment and interview experience to develop a new career coaching business. Before I go on to the show, um, I should include a disclaimer that content on the show is strictly our individual opinions. They're not opinions of the clients or companies we both work for. Um, so hope you enjoy this podcast. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Helen. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you so much for making time to speak with me and also being interviewed. Of course. Thank you for having me. Of course. So um, I know you and I spoke prior to this interview, but I would love for you to maybe share with the audience about yourself. What do you do? And yeah, let's start off with that. Of course. So hi, everyone. Um, And again, Helen, thank you for having me. I'm Amanda Woke. I own and operate Amanda Woke Creative, which is a career and creative writing services company that um, really focuses on taking a consultative approach to creating content for your personal digital or corporate brand. And in addition to that, I am coming up on nine years of corporate human resources experience. I spent about eight years in talent acquisition and recruiting, and then I just recently transitioned to an internal communications role. So, uh, yeah, that's a bit about me. Good. How did you get to this point in the career, especially mm-hmm. get to that point and also in conjunction with the recruit, uh, recruitment profession? Uh, how, mm-hmm. how did you get here? Yeah. So I started Amanda Woke Creative um, to help people craft their career stories. So as I just mentioned, after almost nine years of HR experience and seeing thousands of resumes, it became pretty clear to me what career-related content, such as resumes or LinkedIn profiles, did the best job of telling a candidate's story versus the ones that didn't. So I, I thought, you know, I really want to help people overcome that obstacle in their job search and so that they can shine in the interview phase. Um, and so what started as focusing just on the content piece when I originally started Amanda Woke Creative um, has really morphed into me hosting live webinars and, and you know, that focus on different career advising topics such as uh, interview preparation, the keys to LinkedIn job searching success and more. So, you know, I really took um, you know, the experience that I'd had over the course of the of nine years on, in the corporate side and thought, okay, how can I use this knowledge that I have to, to help people, um, you know, at the individual level in their career search? Good. Now, um, when it comes to content, do you have a specific audience you're writing for? Maybe is it recent hmm. grads or three to five years? Can you tell us more? Sure. Yeah. So I, I definitely, um, of course, focus on my perspective as an HR recruiter. Um, so, you know, that that phase of the interview, you know, I would be looking for something maybe a little bit different at the interview phase versus what a hiring manager would be looking for. Um, it's definitely my, you know, I have to sift through a greater number of candidates to make sure that I'm finding the ones that are the best fit. Um, so then, you know, I keep that in mind when it comes to my writing, I want to convey to people, 
um, you know, what are the best ways for you to make your best impression in that HR interview phase in terms of the audience themselves? Yeah, I do think that, um, you know, it, it definitely focuses on those that are recent college grads or yeah, within that three to five year bucket, I would say, because, um, you know, for the most part, those that are entering the workforce and looking for their first jobs, um, you know, this is especially a bit of a a black box to them that, that career search process. Um, so, you know, I think the advice that I have there is, is definitely helpful to them, but at the same time, I do think that, um, especially for the content portion, you know, I could work with people, you know, upwards of, you know, they're, you know, 10, 15 years of experience, because for me, it's understanding how to tell their comprehensive career story. So, you know, if they're looking to transition to a different industry, or, you know, even if they're coming up on retirement, but thinking about, you know, they're retiring from this one career, but they're thinking about how they're going to transition to doing something different, um, you know, that maybe people aren't ready to stop working altogether, but just thinking strategically about, um, you know, what skills do they have and how can they apply that in their next job? So, um, yeah, so I guess to to be honest, I think I, I kind of run the gamut there. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Um, I remember, I mean, I think a lot of times as we uh, survey a wide variety of candidates, a lot of times what we see is very different from what the other end, what the candidates see about their experience. Um, I remember even for myself, I recently spoke with a candidate who has extensive consumer package experience, mm-hmm. um, but that person wanted to do something entirely different. And I was coaching this person to how to leverage the consumer packaging goods experience to move into a slightly different industry and that person wasn't at the beginning there's a little bit of a struggle <laughs> to see where it was coming from it's like well all of my experience I can I think I can easily go into the high-tech space so um, I think there's always that difference between what us as recruiters see and what the other side as as candidate as job seekers see and I think um, by you writing that um, you know, your opinion and your experience in on the HR side, that's extremely helpful. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think it's all about, especially when you are trying to make that pivot, um, it is all about this, you know, this, the transferable skills. And, you know, though you might not have the exact experience, there's definitely a way to kind of spin your, your story to, you know, think of examples of maybe it's not something that exactly what a recruiter or hiring leader might be looking for. But if you're able to convey that you've done something or, or tell them how you would do something, you know, I think that's, I'm sure Helen, you and I both, you know, work with clients and and helping them to convey that story. Mm-hmm. Good. Now, when it comes to recruiting, do you have mm-hmm. um, do you have a specialty? What kind of positions do you fill? Yeah. So, my experience primarily lies within investment management. Um, but the company I currently work for is very, very much a global firm, um, and I've had the opportunity to work in two of our, two of our U.S. offices as well as one of our U.K. offices. So. Um, you know, geographically, I've supported many different lines of business, but also, um, you know, I've recruited for everything from investment management roles to marketing, to sales, to analytics even. Um, so, you know, I've definitely um, gotten a pretty good breadth of experience. Mm-hmm. Now, does that change? You know, we'd love to, to find out a little bit more about your process, but uh, sure. across different spectrums, do you find your process, whether it be interviewing or uh, the the quality of candidates you're looking for 
different, whether it be across different fields or maybe in different locations? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, I think it's pretty consistent across geographic locations in terms of the process. So, um, but that, that being said, it is a mix of different application channels. So, you know, when I'm looking to fill a position, I look at direct applications via our corporate site. Um, I do a bit of proactive sourcing via LinkedIn. Um, and then a, a good amount of candidates come from our, come from referrals from our current employees. Mm. Um, you know, I think LinkedIn and employee referrals are the most reliable source of finding good candidates because with LinkedIn, you're, as a recruiter, you're able to target candidates that you want versus sifting through a pile of applicants that most times doesn't yield great results. And then studies, you know, studies have shown that candidates referred by employees tend to have more loyalty and longevity with the firm once they're hired. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of everything, but I would say the most reliable are LinkedIn and, and employee referrals. How about on paper then? What kind of, what traits are you looking for in a strong candidate? Yeah, so on paper, what separates a good candidate from a great candidate is their ability to convey how they add value. And this is a major focal point that I work on with my clients. Now, most people use their resume to list their current and past job duties. And that, you know, that is something that recruiters look for, of course. However, I think that's just one piece of the puzzle. And what many candidates' resumes miss is including how you went above and beyond those job duties and really made a difference. So I think, you know, that content is what will distinguish will distinguish you from other pool within that other pool of candidates or applicants. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, what what would you recommend someone to put in on their LinkedIn profile or, or resume that really stands out to you? I'm sure it's different um, between the analytics role and the sales role, but what are some of the traits that you mm-hmm. you see? Yeah. So I would say anything that's numbers driven first and foremost. So if you can give tangible results of how you know, and like you're saying, whether it is sales or analytics or um, you know, or investment management, just so any way that you can use figures, numbers to drive your results um, is a great way for people to understand, you know, a real tangible example of the work that you've done. Um, and then, you know, I think it's great to say, it's great to also include if there are any targets that you surpassed, um, you know, again, using those tangible results will really help, uh, you know, sustain and, or, or complement your, your career story. Um, and then outside of that, I would just say, you know, really any way that you have, um, help overcome challenges or obstacles in the workplace. So, you know, if you were a manager or a leader and you were able to, um, you know, help reduce turnover in your department, or you were able to streamline a process or, you know, make just improve, um, a process, anything that you've done that's really helped the, the way the workflow at the workplace is definitely something that you'd want to include. Mm-hmm. Now, this is just something I have done in the past or something that mm-hmm. um, I'm a little bit more sensitive about. I don't know if you have opinions on it. Um, I think sometimes candidates, they tend to put more of a Googleable verbs in their resume, things such as responsible. Um, they, they would feel mm-hmm. like this is a strong verb for themselves, or maybe they would use things like I've helped or I've coordinated, um, but they, their position can be a director level role. Um, 
so and I what I typically do, especially with verbs like responsible, I would ask them to change it because you're not just responsible for this specific task; you're taking ownership of it. And and so、mm-hmm. if you cut that word out and start elaborating, if it's just on a piece of paper,、um, what exactly have you done? What did you lead? What are some of the Um, what are some of the metrics associated with your accomplishment、um, that can help you identify a stronger word? Have you done when it comes to advising other people on their resumes? Have you have you done that kind of coaching, or what's your thought on it? Yeah, Helen, I completely agree with everything you're saying, and I have seen that with people.、Um, you know, exactly, especially at the more senior level,、um, you do want to try and choose words that are going to, that are going to accurately, not only accurately, but also really, you know, powerfully portray the experience that you've had. And yeah, not only, and I think that what you just said there was a great example is not only did you help, maybe help a department reach a certain goal, but you were the person that took the lead on that, and they, you know, those people supported you in your effort to getting there. And it's not. I can understand where some people might be hesitant to not to try to sound too boastful, but and it's not. I mean, the, this document, a resume, or a LinkedIn profile, there it's not a boastful document. It's just a it's a, a way to convey your experience, and、um, yeah, I think it's definitely important to use the words that are most accurate to to the job that you've done.、Mm-hmm. How about during a phone interview? Are there、um, are there traits you look for or, or things that is Uh, what is your thought process like when you, when you're phone interviewing a candidate? Hmm. Yeah, I would say the number one trait I look for is preparedness. And you know, I think through has the candidate done their homework on the company and the leadership team? Have they you know thoroughly read the job description? Are they have you know most importantly though have they prepared questions for me? Um, you know, I think candidates that take the time to think through every bullet point on a job description, and then they can provide examples of as to how their experience matches the job that they're applying for, just makes a really good impression.、Um, and you know, and additionally, it's it's helpful for the candidate to to be prepared because that's how you know they're going to be less less nervous in the interview and have a better、um, a, you know a greater t- opportunity to be able to convey their experience.、Um, And then I do want to circle back to saying about the preparing questions for me. You know, thoughtful, well-prepared questions for for the recruiter or the hiring leader is a sign, immediate sign, that a candidate is already investing time in in this company,、um, even before they walk in the door. So I, I would I like to think that that preparation and commitment、um, is will translate nicely to being a dedicated employee. Mm-hmm. Good. Now I'm, I'm going to ask you to sort of switch hats and think about、sure. uh, your、um, was your coaching as a career coach kind of. And, and I don't know if you've encountered this,、uh, but I definitely have. Where I come across a, a resume that is just amazing, it would be so lucky for any kind of employer to hire this person on paper, right? And then I'm、right. on the phone with this person, and I feel like I'm seeing double. <laughs> I'm like, what happened to this person that I picture on a resume? You sound nothing like this resume. Now,、mm-hmm. when it comes to the career coaching aspect, what 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 sort of advice would you give to this imaginary person with amazing resume, but on the phone, it's maybe this person lack confidence, stutter a lot, just just can't really pull through the thought. Like, you know, how would you coach this person? 
Yes. And I, that has certainly happened to me before, unfortunately, um, with, with, um, uh, as a recruiter, but yeah. So if I were on the, you know, the career advising side to this person, the number one thing I would say is practice. You have to practice, you have to practice your, um, thinking through your experience, documenting it, writing it down. And then if you have to practice in the mirror, pretend, you know, pretending to interview, answer interview questions, that's how you're going to build your confidence. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, if, when you go through in a very thorough way and you think through the job description and you make notes, if you print out that job description, make notes in the margins and for each after each bullet point, think through, OK, how have I done this bullet point? You know, what are examples? What are two or three examples of how I perform this job duty? And use those notes. And, you know, one of the greatest things about a phone interview is that you can have all of these notes in front of you when you're interviewing with a recruiter on the phone. Um, you know, and it's also, I think, as a career coach, I do like to help people think through what what those questions might be in an interview. You know, it's not a perfect science to be able to predict. But if you're reading through a job description, it's you can pretty much think that, you know, the recruiter is going to add a question mark to the end of, of each of those bullet points to say, you know, if you're applying for a sales job, you know, tell me about a time that you, you know, that you brought in a certain client or you were able to, uh, you know, convince an otherwise unhappy client to stay. Um, you know, those are all skills that we would look for. So it's basically, you know, focusing on the preparedness before thinking through those examples, thinking through your experience and just having those examples at the ready when it's time to, to interview. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, in addition to that, too, I also tell candidates uh, that a lot of times when we see something on paper that sounds really great and we want to talk to you, we just want to make sure on the phone that you are that person mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that is being that is listed on the, this piece of paper. We just want, want to make sure that you are real. Um, so hopefully that helps them to to craft their interviews and what they would say a little bit more accordingly. <laughs> now, I think this is a good segue too that goes into the in-person interview, kind of like what you said. Um, you, the, the best thing about a phone interview is that you can be, come in prepared, you can have notes and site margins or whatever not. In-person interview is a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. What do either you or hiring man- managers look, typically look for in an in-person interview? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I think in terms of um, a candidate coming in, I think, you know, of course you want them to be prepared as well. Um, you know, but also if they've done their research on the culture of the firm, it's a good way to try to understand even how you you look from an appearance standpoint. Right. So um, if you know this company is is uh, business professional and, um, you know, very they're very client facing. So, uh, you know, you should you should, um, you know, accommodate that sort of dress when you're going to go in for an interview. If you're going to a startup, um, you know, maybe wearing a full suit isn't necessary. And though, of course, you want to make a good impression when you're interviewing, um, it's also important to align with the culture. So, you know, I think taking cues from once you're in the office and just seeing how the people that are interviewing you are dressed or are acting, um, you know, it's just I think it's a really good opportunity to understand what the culture of that firm will be and if it aligns with your own values long term. Mm-hmm. Good. How about some traits that um, that you've seen in the past have been turn offs to hiring managers? What are some of those traits? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I would say, you know, it's a lot of the roles that I've recruited for, especially in the past couple of years, have been very analytical in nature. And you need to be able to provide specific examples of when you've performed certain tasks. And because, you know, hand in hand with analytics is being detail oriented. If you're not able to demonstrate or convey that you have been able to do a very specific task related to that job, then the hiring leader is going to immediately question whether you you actually have those capabilities. Mm-hmm. And that's the hard part because you probably do, that candidate probably does have those um, that experience, but whether it's nerves or just general lack of preparedness, mm-hmm. then, you know, they're not going to be able to convey those very specific duties and, and think of examples on the spot. So again, coming back to why it's so important to think of these things ahead of time. Yeah. Um, so the the roles for me um, that I recruit for the most is sales and marketing positions. And sometimes mm. it would come across really great on the phone, but then we fly the candidate into meet with the hiring managers and um, I mean I think that some of those are really really subtle traits um, some of them I, I don't even know if it can be overcome some of some some of those traits I don't even know if it can be overcome by just keep practicing but I think those traits would be um, you know it, it doesn't come across sincere when I mean, someone doesn't come across sincere or I think one of the barometers for, for us is, do we want to buy from this person? If it mm-hmm. doesn't come across that way, it's like, oh, well, if we don't want to buy from you and we know you, <laughs> will the mm-hmm. clients want to buy from you? <laughs> so yeah. those are just really, really subtle traits that, um, and I think on the candidate side, if someone in their lives can just be really honest with them and say, you know, those are the areas you really need to work on in your personality, in your delivery, or even just go to a professional group um, and get some feedback as a group. I think those can really help. But I, um, but I see, I see what you're saying. Uh, some of them are going to be a lot more obvious, and some of them are so subtle. It really takes mm-hmm. someone who know you um, to provide those feedback. Um, now, before we wrap up, what advice would you give to your listeners today um, as they work on their resumes and plan for their interviews? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say a couple of things. So first and foremost, definitely think about what I had mentioned at the beginning in terms of being able to convey how you added value. So thinking through your resume and your LinkedIn, you know, it's great to have the basic responsibilities that you've performed, but also think through and add if they're not already there anything that's that's a tangible or, um, you know, a results-driven responsibility or uh, accomplishment. Um, think about how you can set yourself apart from the pack um, and, you know, and how you will differentiate yourself from other candidates. Um, and then in addition to that, I would say, you know, like, like you mentioned too, Helen, think about the words that you're using and make sure that they're not only action words, but make sure that they're accurate. Make sure that they are truly conveying your experience. You know, if you were, if you took the lead on a project, don't don't feel like you can't thoroughly um, flesh out that responsibility and, and that accomplishment on your resume, and then also in your interview. And then, of course, I think what I've really been stressing is um, is that pre- that preparedness. Um, you know, I think it's it's not only being prepared to think of what you know, what you can convey before the interview, but also once you're in the interview, 
it's important to think through your experiences because you might you might get a question that um, you know, and it's not something that you've done. They might ask you about a certain responsibility or task that you haven't been able to perform. But if you've taken the time to prepare and think through your different experiences, hopefully you'll be able to pull from those different experiences and say, okay, I didn't perform this exact duty, but I've done this, this, and this. And I would use those skills to then accomplish that. So it's kind of, um, you know, thinking through and knowing what your strengths are, but also knowing what your weaknesses are as well, and but making sure that you can also speak to them. Um, and that just makes you come off really polished in an interview. Good, good, good. Thank you so much for the advice. Now, I'm pretty sure our audience would love to reach out to you um, if our listeners want to just reach out to you and, and get some advice from you about um, careers or about how to fix a resume. How can they reach you? Yeah, of course. So um, first and foremost, I have a website. It's amandawoke.com. And then you can also find Amanda Woke Creative on Facebook. And then finally, uh, if you want to reach out directly via email, I'd be more than happy to be contacted via email. And that's just amanda at amandawoke.com. And it's uh, woke is spelled W-O-W-K. Correct. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, yeah, I definitely would love to uh, check out your website and, um, and go from there. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, Helen. I appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you find the information Amanda shared helpful. This is the second of five episodes I have for us. If there are specific topics you'd like to learn more about, please send me an email at helen at interviewrightconsulting.com. I don't think I've asked anyone to do this yet, but if you find the content on my podcast helpful or useful, please write me a review on iTunes. The higher the rating, the more likely it will come up on an iTunes search. Again, if you have suggestions for improvement, please do write me a note via email. For our next episode, my guest, Claire Bautista, who is an, a talent acquisition manager for a growing startup here in the San Francisco Bay Area. She will talk with us about what she looks for in a winning candidate. So stay tuned. <music>